name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Christ is in our midst. David says in Psalm 50, A broken and humble heart God will not despise. And St. Nikolai of Zicha says about the Holy Spirit that the preferred abode of the Holy Spirit, the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit, is a humble heart. And all other hearts are merely His workshop. You think about where you live, where your abode is, and how much time you spend there. Think about how much time you spend in your garage, right? And your workshop. There's a big difference in terms of relationship, in terms of the time spent. A humble heart is the abode of the Holy Spirit. And what we have today in the Gospel reading on this, the first Sunday of Luke, is we have the church presenting to us the humility of Simon Peter, the chief who will become the chief of the disciples. This is the same Simon Peter who likes to speak before he thinks. This is the same Simon Peter who swears that he will never deny the Lord. This is the same Simon Peter who immediately jumps out of the boat to walk on the water and after the resurrection springs into the water to swim to Jesus. This is Peter whose faith goes up and down like the Dow Jones Industrial Average. And this is the same Peter whom Jesus calls the rock. You shall be called Cephas, which means the rock. And I will build my church on your confession, Peter, when Peter confesses that Christ is the Son of God. If you're just coming in, you can come in closer if you want. It's getting crowded in the back. There's plenty of room up here. What we have is a really fascinating scene where Jesus comes to the lake of Gennesaret and the crowd is already coming upon him. His reputation as a teacher is spreading. And the crowd is coming and the crowd gets so big that Jesus asks Simon Peter to use his boat so he can push out from the shore so people can sit and see him, so Jesus can sit and teach, and then everybody else can see him just out a little bit in the lake. And so Peter does it. He does it. He doesn't, at this point, he doesn't really know Jesus. He might know about him, but doesn't really know him. And you can imagine Peter sitting in the boat, listening to the heavenly teachings of our Lord. This is not the Sermon on the Mount, but let's just say that whatever Jesus was teaching was as good as the Sermon on the Mount. Right? He's probably talking about the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. And there was also once a rich man who planted a vineyard. Right? And, and he left it to his to his vine dressers and to his servants. And a man sowed his seed in a field, and some seed fell on hard ground, etc., etc. He's teaching them in parables. Peter is, has been working all night fishing, and he caught nothing. Have you ever gone fishing and gotten skunked? 
That's the only fishing that I do. Okay? Other people actually catch fish. I just go and get wet. But he's probably, he's certainly tired, and he's probably a little discouraged. And now, but now his heart is being warmed listening to these teachings, listening to the Word of God. And at the end of the teaching, Jesus, in appreciation for using his boat, would like to repay him. Like to give him a little thank you. And so he says, Peter, cast out into the deep and let down your nets. Now, Jesus is a carpenter. I don't know if Peter knows that. But he's certainly a rabbi, a very good teacher. Right? And, I mean, again, <laughs> like... I don't go around telling Wilbur how to catch fish, okay? Like, that's not really my place. But, so like, Peter's like, okay, and he calls him master. Master, we toiled all night and didn't catch anything. Just letting you know, we didn't catch anything, but I'm so inspired by your teachings, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, and I will do it. So Peter's not arguing, per se. He's not trying to resist. He just looks like he's more informing. Even Blessed Theophylact says he's not arguing with Jesus. And then Peter lets his nets into the deep, and we can assume his brother Andrew was with him. They let their nets into the deep, and they catch so many fish, they can't bring them in. Jackpot. This is how Jesus decided to thank them. Not with a few fish, not with a good catch, but with the lifetime catch. And they have so many fish, they need James and John to come help them. And they start getting their, their nets down there, and, and both boats start to sink. That's how many fish there were. Peter is struck. St. Nikolai of Zetra says, this incident shook Simon to the depths of his soul so that he no longer called Christ Master, a human term, but he called him Lord. He recognizes the divinity in the person of Jesus Christ. And then, as they struggle to get their boats to shore, Peter falls down at the knees of Jesus and says, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. We should call to mind the words of Isaiah in chapter 6, when Isaiah has a vision of the heavenly kingdom. And he says, Woe is me, wretched man that I am. I am a man of sinful lips, for I have seen the vision of the glory of God. And even this same apostle and evangelist John, this same fishing partner who was with Peter, when he has his vision of the revelation, in chapter 1, verse 17, he says, Woe is me, for I have seen the glory of God. And he falls down in humility. We can think of the apostles on Mount Tabor, Peter, James, and John, these same men who see the glory of God and fall down. Peter recognizes there's something special here. He's in on it early. He's, he's an early adopter, as they would say. 
And St. Nikolai of Zetra says, See how much more loudly actions speak than words. If we speak the sweetest words, men will call us teachers of men. But only if we back up our words with action will we be called men of God. It is probable that Simon, listening to Christ's words, was thinking in his heart how beautifully and wisely Jesus was speaking. But discerning this, the discerner of all hearts took Simon out into the depths to show him that he practices what he preaches. So Jesus shakes Simon to the bones. But that happens, that encounter happens because Peter was obedient. And I want you to see that the obedience leads to humility. Peter didn't understand why Jesus was saying, cast out into the deep. You can even say he didn't even agree with it. But he did it anyway. His heart was softened, and he did it anyway. And that obedience led to a tremendous blessing, not just of fish, but of his salvation. Obedience leads to humility. And a humble heart will certainly be obedient. But if we know that we are not humble, and if we are having trouble being obedient, we should struggle to be obedient anyway, knowing that there are tremendous blessings that come from that. And this humility that Peter has gives him a deep sense of his own sinfulness. St. Nikolai also says, the sense of one's sinfulness is the beginning of the path of salvation. The sense of one's sinfulness is the beginning of the path of salvation. The closer we get to the light of God, the more darkness we see in ourselves. This is okay, and we don't have to be afraid of it. We just have to deal with it. It's kind of like opening up a closet that hasn't been touched in many years, and you open the door just a crack. You can only see a little bit, but you open the door more and more and let more light in, and you see the cobwebs and the spiders and everything that needs to be dealt with. You don't have to be afraid of it. You just have to deal with it. (coughs) So the obedience of Peter leads to the humility of Peter. St. Nikolai also points out interestingly, that even the fish are obedient. Even the fish give their lives to God. Because God created the fish, and with only a word, He commands them to go into the nets. And the fish do so without hesitation. St. Nikolai of Zicha says that there are two obediences here in this gospel. That of the fish and that of the apostles who follow Christ. And he says that of the fish is much greater. Much greater. Because they did so instantly, without hesitation, and they gave their lives to him in that moment. The apostles get to shore and Peter Peter says, Lord, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. Now, this can be contrasted with the pig farmers in Luke chapter 8, who lose their whole herd over the cliff, right? They say, Lord, get out of here. You just blew our economy. They were upset. Peter is humbled. There's a big difference, okay? Big, big difference. 
But Peter's not ready to follow him right at that moment. He thinks he's unworthy. And then Christ says, from now on, you will be fishers of men. And then they leave all and follow him. The fish instantly do what the Lord says. I just thought that was really interesting. That the fish, here's the quote, the fish obey the Lord's command and unhesitatingly place their lives at his feet. But he says, St. Nikolai says about the fishermen, these simple fishermen left everything. They broke their few but very strong ties with the world, their homes and their kinsfolk, and taking nothing but their own selves, they followed the Lord into the great and rich spiritual depths. And time has shown that the Lord royally rewarded their obedience. St. Nikolai says about obedience, This gospel passage is full of teaching for us and our generation today. Remember, St. Nikolai died in like 1956. He said, This is full of teaching for us and our generation today. Just as the fishermen's nets were full of the blessed fish. Oh, that the men of our day could receive from this gospel even just the teaching on obedience to God. All the other teaching would be implemented of itself through this obedience, and all the good that the human heart can desire would be caught in the golden net of evangelical obedience. Have you ever wondered why your friends or family aren't convinced that the Christian faith is the true faith? Have you ever wondered why? There's a decent chance that my friends look at my disobedience and they say, it's not legit, can't be real. There's a good chance that they see my faults and foibles and faux pas and failings and they say, boy, if this were really it, he'd probably do better. What St. Nikolai is saying is if we are obedient to God, then the net of evangelism is cast automatically. And God will teach us everything we need to know automatically. It's just going to come naturally. We also see in this gospel that through obedience comes humility, and from that humility gives us the chance to repent. And repentance is, I believe, the authentic path of the Christian life. I tell my friends, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. And I don't pretend to be, but I am penitent. I don't have to be perfect, I have to be repentant. And as soon as I'm not repentant, then I'm not authentically Christian. But the Christian life is a life of repentance and forgiveness and always turning back towards God even when we slip and fall, even when we turn away. And that is where the net of evangelism truly leads. If we want to be men and women of God, if we want to catch the whole world in the net of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, then we must breed humility in our hearts. And we can do that through obedience. And that humility will bring the Holy Spirit upon us. And that humility will give us the strength and the courage to repent. And that repentance 
will show the light of the glory of God and the face of Jesus Christ to our brothers and sisters in the world. To this same Jesus Christ be glory, honor, and worship, together with the Father and the Holy Spirit, now and ever and unto ages of ages. Amen. Amen. Christ is in our midst. He is and ever shall be.